0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Goodness, I don't even know what to do right now. God's presence is so strong in this place. Do you feel Him? Wave at me if you feel God's presence just in here right now. I just feel Jesus so strong. Um, I love, Nicole was going after incurable stuff getting healed or pains getting healed. If you were healed of anything physical during worship, could you just wave at me? You're like, wow, the pain left. If you need to check your body right now, I just want to see. You got healed of something. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I see some hands up. Thank you, Father, over there. That's awesome. Like, people get healed every week here at Presence. It's incredible. You know why the church is named Presence? Because it's all about his presence. That's amazing. Uh, You know, like, what's the vision? You know, Presence. Like. What's the purpose? Presence. Uh, his presence changes everything. So we're honored. I didn't get to see who, who all's first time visitor again. I just wanna look real quick. Put your hand up again one more time. Thank you guys. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming. We're honored to have you. Um, honored to have you. I'm honored to get to share the gospel with you guys. I love my job. My job's amazing. Um, sometimes the hardest part of my job is remembering if I'm wearing the same shirt that I wore last week while I'm preaching. <laughs> It happens, you know, I, I go, I, I travel a lot doing speaking engagements and, and preaching the gospel and seeing Jesus do miracles and I go to places and I'll show up wearing a shirt and on the flyer it'll have the same shirt that I'm wearing. And I'm like, whoops, need to buy some more shirts. My wife is so sweet, she bought me some new shirts recently. Thank you, hon. You did, you bought this. This one's nice. I like this one. It's nice. It's nice. Sometimes when I'm traveling, I can remember meetings. I'm like, I, I put shirts on. You know, God like sets up remembering stones in your life. Like I'll put a shirt on. I'll be like, I remember when I was wearing that shirt and that woman that was blind got her sight. I remember I was wearing that shirt and somebody who was deaf got their hearing. Like just crazy, you know? You just, just the things that God does to encourage you constantly. He always is encouraging us. He's always building us up. Uh, I love the whole culture in this community around the spirit of prophecy. You know, prophecy could be a scary word. Uh, it, It basically is an archaic word that means hearing from God, which is why they have a class next week called Hearing from God. Uh, whether you realize it or not, I grew up in a denominational church that d- didn't doctrinally believe in prophecy, but I remember uh, on Sunday mornings during worship, I remember a woman, just a little boy, I remember a woman getting up on the, on the mic and she would start singing the song of the Lord over the congregation. This is a very Bible-based community. They, didn't, they would not believe in prophetic ministry from, from a doctrinal standpoint, yet they walked in it. It's interesting how God gets around all of our doctrines. He gets around all of our systems, you know, and he just gets right to our hearts. Uh, The spirit of prophecy is such a beautiful thing because it teaches us how to value one another. Uh, We've been doing a series on honor. Honor is essentially this, valuing what's around you. Honor is another way of saying you love something. Honor means I put value on something. There's a Hebrew word in the Old Testament for honor. Uh, Exodus chapter 20 says, honor your father and mother. Anybody ever heard that verse? Anybody's parents ever quoted that verse to you? (laughs) I don't know. Don't don't raise your hand too much. you know, that, that can happen. I, I grew up uh, around, around church and stuff like that, but I, I never really learned this stuff conceptually, like this whole concept of honor. We're taught it through our culture that's around us. You know, you're taught it in your family, but you don't even realize what it is sometimes. Um, sometimes when you put language to something, it helps you actually understand the reality of it and it helps you impart the reality of it. That's actually a really good word, Chris. Where are you getting this stuff from? This is awesome. So honor is something that you know, has been real, a real process for me and my life of just learning. I know it's been a process for our team, but we've noticed how much it's changed the way we do life, and that's why we're talking about it. That's why we're doing a series on honor. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, it says that honor your father and mother, and you'll have long life. It's actually the only of the 10 commandments that has a promise attached to it. The Hebrew word there for honor is a, uh, I, I'm not a super Hebrew scholar, but I'll just try to pronounce it the best I can. It's, it's kabad. Uh, it's also similar to the word kabad, where you get the word glory. Uh, the word glory in the Old Testament is kabod. So this word's glory and honor are actually very similar and very connected. Literally, honor means to recognize the glory of another. Now, we in the church, uh, maybe, maybe you haven't been around church that much, maybe this is your first time being in any church today, and that's awesome because God's gonna touch you today, but um, we in the church, or the, those that have grown up around the church for a while, we understand certain aspects of honor in honoring God. I, I think one of the things that we wanna do as a culture here Presence is we wanna learn how to honor God's presence. We wanna flow with him. I, I love that like, we're flexible, like the sense of, you know what, I feel God's presence moving this way in worship. Who cares about the plan? Who cares about what we're doing? You know, the man plants his steps, knows, knows his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Mind of a man plants his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Sometimes you have to be flexible in God's presence. Uh, there's a, a kind of a, a euphemism I've heard said, blessed are the flexible, they will not break. <laughs> you know? We want to learn how to honor God's presence, but in the church, we've gotten good at honoring Jesus as the savior of the world. Like, I give my life to Jesus, I go to heaven and when I die. I mean, there there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. These are real realities in life. These are real things. Jesus came to rescue you from all the powers of sin, sickness, disease, death, poverty, oppression, and hell. He came to rescue you from all these things, but they are a reality. He came to bring you out of darkness and into the kingdom of the beloved son. That's actually a verse, it's Colossians 1.13. I'm just preaching a little bit. I'm warming up. Is this okay? I'm just warming up. Just getting, just getting going here. We'll jump into the Bible in a second. You know, I, I mean, I'm not quoting enough of it for you already. That's okay. Just kind of warming up. We're used to honoring God as the savior of the world when we die, but a lot of us, we're not used to honoring God in the ways that he is, his nature, his person. You know, many Christians go through life knowing God as the savior, but never know him as the healer. If you begin to honor him as the healer, you'll experience him as the healer. If you honor him as the deliverer, you'll experience him as If you honor him as freedom, you'll experience him as freedom. You know, in the world there's a definition of freedom. Freedom is I do what I want. In the kingdom freedom is I do what's right. Jesus, you know, he's, he's, he's about to go to the cross and he's there in the garden and he doesn't say, you know, you know what, God, I'm, uh, Father, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not really feeling this whole cross thing. It says, for the joy set before me, endured the cross. But he's there, he's praying and he says, Lord, if this cup could pass from me, let it pass from me. But if it can't, not my will be done, but your will be done. Isn't that interesting that the greatest illustration of freedom is not my will be done, but your will be done, Father? I'm preaching now, aren't I? Can, can, you want me to unpack it a little bit? What do you, how do you, how, help me unpack it, Pastor Jesse. What's that mean? What's that mean? What's that mean? What, what do you mean, what does that mean? Help me out. <laughs> I don't know, what's that mean? About <laughs> freedom or yeah, I about? about I want, I want, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, this is hilarious. Um, I'm curious, I want to know more about what, why is that freedom? Why is that freedom? Because the world says, do what you please, do what you wish. But you have to realize you've been conditioned by the world to do certain things a certain way, which aren't God's way. Jesus came onto the scene in Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. He says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? That literally means the dominion of our father, our God, our king is now accessible, is now realizable. What what does it mean? If something's at hand, that means it's really close to you. What is he saying? He says, repent. Literally the Greek word there is metanoia. Change the way you think. Paul says in Colossians chapter three, set your mind on the things above and not on the things of this earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, you've died to your old life in Christ Jesus. I think many of us are struggling with issues in our life because we don't realize that we've actually been crucified with Christ. If you would realize that you've been crucified with Christ, you would no longer serve sin, but you would serve righteousness. What is sin? Sin is not God's pissed at you and he's gonna punish you. Sin is you're not living up to your design. I feel like I'm preaching four sermons. My wife's like, you gotta focus, Chris. You gotta focus. She is a good woman. God's teaching us how to honor. He's teaching us how to honor him. He's teaching us how to honor each other. Uh, Go with me to Luke chapter two. Let's let's get uh, legal here. We'll open up the Bible. Is this okay? This is fun. Luke chapter two. It's going to be towards the end of the chapter. Luke chapter two verse forty-one. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year. This is the beginning of Jesus' story. He's uh, he's a little kid. You know that Jesus is a real person. I've seen him. He's real. Like he's a real person. You wanna see him? Get alone, you will. (laughs) Been hearing incredible stories of people in this community having face-to-face encounters with Jesus. It's amazing. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey, and they began looking for him among the relatives and acquaintances. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Isn't it interesting that God in the flesh actually listened to people? Isn't it interesting that God in the flesh actually listened to people? And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astounded. And his mother said to him, "Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for him for you." you know, sometimes Jesus will call you, cause you a little bit of anxiety with what He does, but if you actually get closer to Him to learn the truth, perfect love will actually drive out fear. And he said to them, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Be about my father's business. But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down to Nazareth with them and he continued in subjection to them. Literally that word is submission. It's a Greek word, hypotasso. It literally means to go underneath. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. Oh, Jesus, I wanna pray. Father, we just thank you that you're gonna do something profound in this message in all of our hearts. God, you're talking to us about honor. You're talking to us about community. You're talking to us about what wisdom is and you're talking to us about what righteousness is. Lord, help us, lead us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. And this interesting Jesus, who is God in the flesh, literally submits himself to his parents. He submits himself to community. He submits himself to authority. Go with me to Romans chapter 13. I know know I'm hitting some stuff. It's okay if you're feeling it right now. If you're feeling that little thing in that little tug in your heart, it's okay, this is good for you. This is the Bible. The gospel isn't do what you want. The gospel is you deserve a better life because he deserves a better life in you. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. I asked Nicole if I should teach on this stuff, and she's like, I've been thinking about this all week. And I'm like, okay, so maybe this is good. Romans chapter 13, verse one, this is Paul speaking to the Roman church. The Roman church was a very empowered church. You know, Roman citizens were the most empowered citizens of their day. They had rights that far exceeded any other nation. They They had a system of election. They were able to elect rulers and authorities. They were able to like put people into offices. They had all these different rights and privileges, all this stuff. Does this sound familiar to you guys at all? read verse 1. Every person is to be in subjection. Literally, that's the same Greek word, hypotasso, to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which are exist are established by God. Therefore, everyone who resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. <laughs> that might change the way you drive. And they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Isn't this interesting that there is actually godly fear? It's the same word. It's phobos. Anyway, do what is good and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister, the Greek word there is diakonos, of God to you for good. That word there, minister of God, is the same phrase that Paul uses to describe himself in his apostleship. He actually says, I am a minister of God unto the Gentiles. He's literally saying that the rulers of society are servants, ministers of God. They'll change the way you speak about our president. I would say the same thing no matter who was elected. I know I'm being offensive. It's okay. It's good for you. Blessed is he who is not offended. You know, God offends our minds to reveal our hearts. This is the Word of God, guys. This is actually what the Bible says. Read it. You have no reason to be nervous except if you're doing what's evil. for it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings forth wrath on the one who practices evil. Um, I'm gonna explain that a little bit just for some of you guys are wondering. You know, God's not sitting up in heaven mad at you over the issues in your life. Did you know that? He's actually burning with passion towards the issue. And if you decide to partner with the issue, you're gonna feel that burning passion as if it were punishment in your life. Because God is not punishing people, he's punishing sin. The Greek word there for wrath, it's the same word used in Romans chapter one. It says the wrath of God abides on the sons of disobedience. And Paul goes on to explain what disobedience looks like. I encourage you to read that. He he lists all these different types of sin. He lists it further on in the works of the flesh in Galatians chapter five. He lists these different things that are perversions of your true nature. The wrath of God abides against these things. The word there's actually the Greek word orge. It's where we get the word, anything that's like an orgay kind of word from. I'm not going to try to explain that all to you guys because I don't to be too visual. It literally means an explosion of burning, fiery emotion. <laughs> Keep it PG, right, Pastor Chris? Keep it PG. So what is this saying? This is literally saying that God's burning, passionate, fiery emotion is burning towards those that are sons of disobedience, those that are following disobedience, those that are partnering with a nature that is not the new nature. And his love is burning in such a way towards them that they would come out of the dysfunctions that they're in, that they actually feel like God's mad at them when he's not. Jesus didn't come to change the way God thinks about you. He changed, came to change the way that you think about God. Jesus comes on the scene and he enters right in the midst of all of our dysfunction. He sits around and eats dinner with people that are in all kinds of jacked up stuff and they felt comfortable around him. They felt loved by him. But did he endorse the dysfunction? No, he challenged it constantly. He says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. I'm saying if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. He would get right to the core of stuff. Jesus is still getting to the core of things today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why is he getting to the core of these things? Not so that your daddy can't punish you. Not so your daddy won't punish you. He's getting to the core of them so you would stop punishing yourself. He's getting to the core of them, not so your daddy wouldn't punish you, but so you would stop punishing yourself. Sin has enough punishment wrapped up within itself for you. There is therefore now no condemnation, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse five, therefore it's necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. because of this you pay taxes to rulers as servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing, render to all what is due to them, tax to whom taxes, due custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Honor to whom honor, the Greek word for honor in the New Testament is the word "tēme." Say Time. Uh, It's spelled like time, but it's pronounced Time. Timee. It literally means to place value upon something. Prophecy teaches us how to value one another. But prophecy doesn't cover and make an excuse for dysfunction. Prophecy releases grace to come out of it. I remember this story, uh, one of the leaders up in Reading where a number of us went to Bible school, They, they got up and they gave a word to somebody in the service. They stood a guy up in the back of the meeting and they said, God says you're a pure man. You're a pure man like the patriarchs of old. God says that you're a holy man like the patriarchs of old. Well, that man in that moment was a heroin addict, but when he stood up and those words were spoken over him, instantly he was delivered of his addiction. (laughs) Within a year, he married his girlfriend and moved into a house, actually came out of this whole addictive lifestyle all because God spoke to him a word in season. Prophecy teaches us how to value one another. That's why we start to see each other according to the nature of God within each other through the prophetic word. That's why prophecy is so important. Uh, a, a man came up to me during worship and he says, I feel like God's releasing, uh, his name's Phil. I don't know where he is. Could you wave at me? Red red shirt Phil, he's back there. Bless you, Phil. Thank you for giving me that word. He came up to me during worship and he says, I feel like God's releasing a fresh spirit of prophecy in the community. And uh, I've been thinking about this during the week as well. Prophecy teaches us how to honor, how to value one another. When you honor and you value someone, you don't leave them in their dysfunction. Now, we don't use prophecy to correct people. But if there's no correction in your life, if no one can say no to you, I want to challenge you of whether you're actually a disciple or not, because the word disciple means learner. Yes. If no one can say no to you, then are you really in subjection to one another? Or are you really sub- in subjection to Christ? You know, a bunch of people were sitting around Jesus' table when he broke bread and, and made covenant. Do you remember that? broke bread and and gave wine and stuff like that. They're making covenant. But it's one thing to sit around the table and eat Jesus' food. It's another thing to wanna hear what he has to say. I'm going a little deeper. Is this okay? Is this okay? Freedom is not I get to do whatever I want. Freedom is you get to do what's right. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus paid a high price for this stuff. He didn't just do what he felt like all the time. Is this okay, Pastor Jesse? If you want me to go somewhere else, I can. I could preach like 30 different sermons right now. I'm all over the place. Follow my wife's advice. (laughs) Jesus is so humble. He's so honoring. He teaches us how to honor. He teaches us how to value. You can determine the value of something by how much someone's willing to pay for it. How much was paid for you? How much was paid for me? How much was paid for the person sitting next to you? How much was paid for the person that you don't like? How much was paid for the person you're offended at? Offense and dishonor are polar opposites. I'm sorry, offense and honor are polar opposites. Oh, Lord Jesus. Honor, honor, honor. Value, value, value. I feel like God's going to upgrade our sense of value for each other and our sense of value for His authority and a sense of value for people in general in this season. That's what the Spirit Prophecy teaches us to do. So what does it look like to increase in honor? What does it look like to increase in value? It looks like finding people to speak into your life. Community doesn't look like lining up to Pastor Jesse at the end of the service and asking him to mentor you. It looks like finding people around you and inviting input into your life from them. If no one can tell you no, then are you in subjection to anybody? Uh, I remember the story, uh, Kenneth Hagan. Do you guys know what Kenneth Hagan is? He's a preacher, a pastor. He ministered for about uh, 13, 14 years as a pastor and he had a visitation of Jesus. That's pretty fun. He saw Jesus, Jesus spoke to him and said, now your ministry is gonna begin. And he began to kind of argue with Jesus a little bit. He's like, "Jesus, I've been pastoring for for 13 years already. I've got this little church and there's great things happening. And God said to him, I never called you to pastor. Now your ministry is gonna begin. He said, Jesus, how come you didn't tell me that before? Jesus said to him, because you never asked. Isn't it interesting how humble Jesus is? If, if, if God were just to appear in front of the room right now, just to appear in front of us, you wouldn't have a choice but to worship him. Every knee would bow, every tongue would confess, Jesus is Lord. He's so humble. He says, if you seek me, you'll find me. Amen. Wow. Honor to whom honor is due. There's roles in society that God's actually called us to honor. I already showed it to you, the example of rulers among us, secular rulers that, that Paul actually calls uh, diakonos. Literally, he calls them deacons of God. Deacon Trump. Whether you agree. See, honor doesn't mean you agree with everything. Honor means you value both the person and the position. Honor doesn't mean that you agree with everything Pastor Jesse says. It doesn't mean that you agree with everything Pastor Nicole says. It means that you value the input and you take the input to God. I encourage you, don't just believe stuff you hear preached over a microphone. Go to the Bible and go to God. It says the sons of God will be led by the spirit of God. It doesn't say they'll just be led by teaching from a pulpit. It says they'll be led by the spirit of God. But if you're being challenged about things in your life by people that actually care about you, you might wanna go to God about it. You might wanna ask him questions. And if there's no one in your life that can say no to you, if there's no one in your life that can challenge you, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really just blunt about this. You could be in rebellion. We could be in rebellion. Is this okay? I'm just being really blunt. I know this because I need this in my own life. I remember sitting with Danny Silk. He's one of the pastors up in Reading. He's wrote a bunch of books. I remember sitting in a room with him and he looked at me in my eyes and he said, Chris, I feel scared to trust you. And I said, well, I could see that. I could see why you'd feel scared to trust me. I had to take off the defense. You hear something like that from somebody you admire, from somebody that you look up to. And you're like, you know, the thing just rises up. You know what I'm talking about, that thing? You know what I'm talking about, the thing? It just rises up. You're like, don't talk to me that way. You don't don't have a right to talk to me that way. I had to take the thing and I just had to say, you know what? This person actually cares about me. This person cares about me. The reality is leaders in your life, whether they're your parents, whether they're your teachers in school, whether they're... Politicians, whether they're pastors, whether they're your boss at work, they're all going to stand before God one day and give an account for their leadership. Having that in mind, what does it look like to love one another? It's all summed up in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Let us behave properly as in the day, not carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lusts. If you would realize that you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but Christ lives within you. You would stop living for yourself and you would start living for God and you'd start finding all the fulfillment you've been looking for in life. In doing that, you would start finding yourself accountable to people in your life, around you. There's actually already people around you in your life that you actually are accountable to. You may just be in rebellion to them. This is so heavy, I'm just kinda like trying to tiptoe around it. But I wanna, I wanna, I care about you. To be a disciple means to be a learner. Jesus Christ was everlasting father and prince of peace. He was always a son and always a father and he actually grew in wisdom and stature with God and man. That means we get to learn how to be learners. We get to learn how to invite input into our lives. If you want to grow, learn how to invite input into your life. In the business world, they teach this to people all the time. You find somebody that can mentor. You find someone that'll pour into your life. If you don't have that, ask God for those that are around you and just start Picking up wisdom from everyone. The reality is, if you come in humility, you can talk to a man on the street and learn about life from them. You can say, hey, help me out a little bit. How did you get here? What, what's some wisdom you'd give me as a 20-something-year-old about life? You'll have, a, you'll have a homeless person. I've done this before. You'll have homeless people give you the word of the Lord. Why? Because you're actually coming in humility. And who. <laughs> Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Humble yourself, therefore, in the mighty hand of God. He'll exalt you in due time. He gives grace to the humble. Invite input. Learn how to invite input into your life. If we're not inviting input into our life, we're just doing our own thing. We're not accountable to anybody. And you know what? God's not gonna force himself on you. He's not gonna tell you, like, don't do this, don't do that, because he's so humble. Did you know that? He's really, really humble. But if you ask him, see, a lot of times we're afraid to actually ask because we're afraid of what the answer might be. All right, let's, uh, I'm gonna switch gears and kind of land the plane. Um, I feel like God's doing something amazing with prophecy in our community because prophecy teaches us how to value one another. When you get a prophetic word, when you get an encouraging word from somebody, it teaches you how known you are by God and it teaches the people around you how to actually value you. If you've never given somebody an encouraging word before, you'll find you'll start to love them more. you start to value them more. If you ask God for words, you'll be like, man, this person's really amazing. You start weeping over them because you're feeling God's presence on their life. It just connects us together. Um, I've, been, I've been watching God do this lately, just, just in a greater area of risk. I was in Seattle a few weeks ago and uh, I was ministering up there and I was in the airport. And I was in the airport, I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me that there was gonna be a couple in the meeting I was gonna preach at that were from Alaska. And then I heard the word Juno, like the city of Juno, like Juno. And then I heard the name Bruno, like Bruno Mars. I don't really listen to tons of his music, but I know who he is. So uh, you probably do too. Uh, Bruno Mars. So I go to the meeting and uh, I said, is there a couple from Alaska? And there were like one or two couples from Alaska. And I said, I don't know why, but I heard the word Juno. And then I heard the word Bruno. And the associate pastor goes, there's a couple in the church, the Brunos, they're from Alaska. They come the next night, and uh, I, they stood up in the meeting, and I, I gave them a word. I gave a word about their family. God gave us how many grandkids they had, a bunch of other stuff, a bunch of other specific things that help them feel known. Uh, and they're crying. They're shaking. They're just experiencing God's presence. Because when God shows up like that to you, it's, it's just incredible. And you as a minister, and I say all of us because you are a minister. The word minister means servant. Yes. You're a servant, right? First, you're a servant, and then you're a son. Or first, you're a son, and you're, because you're a son, you're a servant. Anyway, they got really wrecked. It was awesome. Turns out their name is spelled B-R-U-N-E-A-U, like Juno. And I was like, wow, God, like, that was awesome. I felt really scared giving the word. I felt like really taking a risk giving the word. I feel like God wants to do more of this kind of stuff through all of us here in this community. Um, supernatural is not for pulpits, it's for life. Um, I, I like that word Phil gave me about just an increase in the spirit of prophecy. Salt. So, oh, Lord, Um, uh, is there, is there someone here? You're a real estate agent. Just put your hand up, a real estate agent. Go ahead and just, just stand up. Um, I'm just going to do this a few, over a few people and then we're going to do it over each other and that's going to kind of be the close of the service. Okay. So, um, to me for put your hand on your heart, because I'm kind of switching gears, just say Jesus. Thanks for what Chris talked about. Talk to me more. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know why, but I heard "Caris" over you, like the like grace is Caris, and uh, I just feel like you're in a fresh season of grace. I feel like you're in a fresh season of upgrades. Um, I see a son. I see a. Uh, do, are you? Do you have kids? I saw like a son in his mid thirties. I don't know if that's, is that correct? He's about 35. Does that make sense? How old is he? He's 37. Uh, I just feel like the Lord, I don't know you, right? Like this way. You've never told me these things just for anybody that's wondering. How, how is Chris doing this? He's just stepping out of the boat and asking Jesus to show up, okay? This is how you do this kind of stuff. I just felt like God's doing something really specific with him. He has an incredible grace on his life. Um, I'm thinking about like like Philip the Evangelist, this, this like grace that he just kind of is able to do lots of things. He's able to go lots of places, this traveling thing, this moving thing. He's like a mover and a shaker in the kingdom. And I just feel like the Lord just like really has his hand on his life. I'm thinking about, I don't know why I'm thinking about the name John too. I just feel like he's like this, what? That's your grandson, the name John? Okay, I, I just thought of this. She said that's her grandson. I started thinking about a John. Uh, is that, Philip, is that the, the, your son's son or is that a different one? The that's the son of your daughter. Okay, I just felt like there's this thing of, uh, just this thing of God's heart being close to your whole family in this season. And I feel like God's writing the word grace over your whole family. I feel like he's bringing, this, this year is a season of unity. This year is a season of Psalm 133 over your family. So just stretch your hands towards your, for real quick for me. But your name for everybody. Oh, Jackie. Just say, Jackie, we bless you yes, in the name of Jesus. Um, is there a, thank you, Lord. Is there a March 31st birthday? And it, maybe it's connected, it might be connected to an October 31st birthday. Does that make sense to somebody here? What's that, is somebody waving? Is that you? March 31st? Is there a connection in your family to an October thirty first birthday too, or no? Not that you know. March thirty first. Why don't you just just hang on for just a sec, let me see if we can do this. Uh. That's Brian's birthday. That's whose birthday? That's, son's birthday. That's your son's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Go on, God. I didn't pay you twenty bucks to do this. <laughs> okay. That's your son's birthday. Yeah. What's what's your son's name again? Ryan, okay, little king, that's crazy. Which is it the October birthday or the March birthday? Well, my daughter's October. But the okay, March thirty-first is your son. Okay, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna get him in just a second. Oh Jesus, this is so fun. Actually, I'm surprised. I thought this would be a lot scarier, but it's getting less scary. It's awesome. Oh Jesus, you're so good. You're so good. Um, Danielle, um, Danielle, maybe it's connected to that birthday? Daniel on March 31st? Are you serious? Your your name is Daniel and your birthday is March 31st. Okay, that's crazy. (laughs) That is crazy. Give Jesus a shout. That's crazy. You guys, this is nuts. You guys, this is wild. Okay, do we know each other? How many of you guys, this is normal in church? Wave at me. How many of you guys, this is like totally new, and you're like, I don't even know what to think? <laughs> okay, I'm like you right now. I feel like you. I don't even know what to think right now. That's crazy, bro. Your name's Daniel. Um, I don't know why. The, okay, I just started thinking about a city. This is weird. A city in Israel called Herzalia, like Hertz or Hers or. Does that make sense to you somehow? Hers, Hertz, Hertz. What? Hertz? No? You have lots of hurts. Wait. Can somebody help me? I can't hear him. His ankle hurts. <laughs> All right. Somebody get over there and pray for him. I just feel, I feel electricity on my, my ankle right now. So God, we just bless his ankle. In Jesus' name. I just command that ankle to be made whole. Oh, Jesus. Hurts, Aaliyah, hurts. I, I'm, sometimes I'm getting, you get names this way. It's like I'm, you get associations and stuff like that. If you want to know how this is working, like I'm getting association, like name associations and stuff like that. I'm thinking about people. Like I'm thinking about an Aaron and an Ashley for some reason. Maybe that's a couple here. Like just, just things like that. So Daniel, um, check your ankle for me. What's different? I can't hear you, somebody repeat what he said. You feel strengthening, you feel something happening in there, that's awesome. Just stand up for me, Daniel. Bro, I feel like you're coming into a new season of promotion. I feel like even this week, I wouldn't be surprised if you actually get some type of promotion at work. Hold me accountable to this, I wanna hear back. Um, I feel like there's something about seven days of promotion and I feel like the spirit of God is around you, promoting you in the spirit, like promoting you among community, promoting you as a father in the faith. I'm reminded of... Um, I'm reminded of Abraham in Hebrews was a father of the faith. Like you're a father. God wants you to know that you're a good father, that you're actually a father in the faith, that you're a forerunner and a pioneer in this season. I don't know why, but I'm seeing like a... um, you know, like film, like a, like a film reel, like an old film reel. I don't know if that's stuff that you do or you wanna do, but there's something on your life about like taking things that are old and making them new, but ta- it's a creative gift on your life that God's gonna bring radical creative expression through. Just just extend your hands towards Daniel. Say, we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. Oh, you love how I'm honoring him? Wait, What? i was just i love it how it just kind of ties together that you're walking around honoring people and we all get to see what's on his life like that's the cool part the interaction part is you're actually honoring him the way god sees him not the way chris sees him and we all get to be brought into this place of honor and value on daniel's life and it's just awesome thank you lord that's a good word give jesus a shout that's a good word all right i'm gonna stop doing that but um you're gonna do it now okay you're gonna do it now. If you could see someone get up and just take some risks in front of everybody, words of knowledge, like getting information about somebody, is just asking questions. Just be like, hey, does this make sense to you? And if it doesn't, just give them whatever encouragement you have, okay? If, if you care to love, God cares to show up so profoundly, okay? Uh, the whole point of this stuff is love, that people would feel known. So some of that made sense to you, Daniel? That made sense? Uh, the film stuff, things like that? Yeah, okay, good. Uh, the Lord's with you. So I want you stand to stand your feet. Um, Lord Jesus, we're gonna have about 20 minutes after we close. We're gonna be having that prayer servant training. If you wanna learn how to heal the sick, come to that. If you're sick in body at all, um, come to that. We're gonna do it probably up in the front here. We're gonna pray for people and, and do the class and stuff like that. I have to do it somewhere. I don't know where to do it. So uh, Father, why don't you put your hand on your heart? I'm just gonna pray for you. God, everything that uh, they just saw modeled, I pray that you would do it through them. I pray that you would do it through them. I pray that you would make, you would make people jealous for the supernatural, as, as, as everyone in this room moves by the spirit of prophecy. In Jesus' name. Also, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've just seen Jesus heal people. You've just seen Jesus do some really crazy stuff like calling people's names out and birthdays and things like that. He's real. He died for your sins. He was crucified for you. If you're here and you know that you need to make a decision today, you feel like, you know what, God's knocking on my heart right now to make a decision to follow him. You know, I maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you just came to church today because your mom dragged you. Maybe you came to church today because you don't even know why you're here. I I know why you're here. God sets you up to have an encounter with his love today, to realize that he died for your sins, that he came to rescue you from all the oppression in your life and to give you a brand new life. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to stick a hand up right when I count to three. I'm gonna count to three and I want you to stick your hand up. One, Jesus loves you. Two, Jesus died for your sins. And three, he's here right now talking to you. If that's you, put your hand up really high so I can see it. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, if you're here also and you know that you have been far from him in your life, and you want to make a decision today to follow him, I want you to be bold right now. Jesus was bold on the cross. He hung naked for you on the cross. If you're here and that's you, only you stick your hand up really high. Be bold in front of people. If you know that's you, I'm just going to wait a few seconds. If you know that's you, it's awesome if everybody doesn't need to do this, but I want to give an opportunity and an invitation. If you're here and you, you're not surrendered to Jesus, Put your hand over your head right now to make a decision to say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Jesus is real. Is there anyone here? Anyone here? Just want to look. Just want to look. Awesome. Thank you, Father. I want you to, uh, during this time, we're gonna split up into groups of three or four and uh, I'm gonna leave the prayer team out with you guys and let them minister to people. If you're, if you're here need a miracle, ask the people in your little circle, but I want you to get in groups of three or four for the next five ten minutes and just pray over each other. If you need to go, you're more than welcome to go at any point after this. You can grab your kids, go pick them up and bring them back in for prophetic time. Father, we just bless what you're doing in Jesus' name. We get the house music up. Amen. Get in groups of three or four. And... Uh, You guys are going to do what you just saw modeled. Ask God for an encouraging word for people around you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.